Surely a bomb squad would know that you can't have a bomb that small, right? Or maybe you can. Well, well there's a box a, attached to she's, it. Nah. It's, like, okay. it's, it's so a good, you know, like a lunch I don't think like he's saying box. I'm going to blow up the suburb. <laughs> 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 I think he's like, we're going to blow up this one teenage girl. Hello, (laughs) welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming-of-age tales. We have got a very special guest today, comedian and musician Eden McGovern. How are you, Eden? I'm good. How are you guys? Ah, Very well, thanks. And we are returning to the North Shore once again (laughs) for the big one, for the big white whale. (laughs) Yes. Mossman. The big one. Yeah, Yeah. well, Mossman's probably the biggest... One of the big ones in the North Shore, yeah, right? It's got to yeah. be the biggest suburb there, We've right? tackled some of the small fish. <laughs> Eden's shaking her head a little bit. Well, I, don't, I don't know. What, what would a bigger one be? Yeah, I guess. Exactly. Well, the most renowned, most like yeah. famous. And, like, I mean, uh, like a very appropriate call it uh, White Whale because it was like an old whaling port back in the day. Was it? Yeah, it was like that's where the big whaling industry was, which I think is now the Scout Hall. You familiar with right, that? Yeah, no, I know where that is. That was like the <laughs> whaling dock, yeah. <laughs> Next to the big skeleton of a whale. <laughs> <laughs> Always wonder what that was. I guess before it was a whale. I know that my apartment building that my parents live in used to be an amphitheater um, that they were expecting gods to come through. Some guy built like a full amphitheater because <laughs> it looks out like through the heads uh-huh. and they were like, oh, the gods are going to come through. And then the gods didn't come through. So they built like ugly apartments. <laughs> <laughs> a- a- any minute now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. just give another Just few. a developer checking yeah. his watch. Just be like, come on. And we gods, need high income housing. God's plural as well. There's going to be gods, more than one. Yeah, someone yeah. who believed Zeus. it was going to happen a few times. Far out. And I've seen some dodgy like real estate, you know, advertisements. <laughs> yeah. that are like, you know, beautiful views and all yeah. this shit. It's like, Gods are coming through. <laughs> good God view. Yeah, good God view. <laughs> yeah, it's got like God's 2.5. God's got like Easterly God. Yeah. <laughs> this God's in 4A. You want 4B. <laughs> so, Eden, you said you, you came to Mossman as something of an outsider. Is that correct? I did. So, early, early life, I didn't come from a lot of money at all. Like, um, Sort of, uh, my parents were separated, but like my dad lived in housing commission. My sister did for a while. My mom like was working a lot, and then when I was, I think I was about eight or nine when she met my stepdad now, yep. who's beautiful and we love him, and um, he was much wealthier than anyone I've ever met in my <laughs> life. So I had my little like Annie story. I was oh. living in a big house. I was like, this is it. But then eventually, um, I was going to school in Rose Bay, which isn't that. Povo, but um, <laughs> I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And then I moved to Mossman Public School for year five and six, and it was like the biggest culture shock wow. <laughs> yeah. of my entire life. Yeah. And that's public school, so that's not one of the ones where they wear like the silly hats. No, 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 no. I didn't get put in like Queenwood or anything right, right. like mm. that. So but you're turning up with your roll up and your sandwich, and they've got caviar for lunch, <laughs> and they're like, you want, Can I trade my roll up for <laughs> some of that lobster bisque? They didn't know where the Eastern Suburbs was. Oh my God. Wow. Well, right. That's insular. Not one child knew where that was. They were like, is that in Sydney? Oh, <laughs> and that's the east of suburbs. That's yeah. not like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not a massive I didn't say Campbelltown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. So you were like, like, you're five, so you're like 10, 11, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. then it's just a massive overnight change. It was insane. It was the weirdest thing I've ever imagined. I also went to like, I, w- I did dance ever since I was like two. So I also went to like the dance school around there, which was even worse. Mm. Yeah, because it was like competitive Mossman children. Right. Mm. Oh no. And, we have, and dance mums too. And I dance assume. mums. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um. 
who are just incredible. And the dance teachers, to be honest. <laughs> There's very few characters in the dance scene in Mossman that are going to be a little bit insane. I feel. There's very few characters in Mossman, full stop. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, you know what, I'm grounded. Yeah. A lot of people with stay grounded tattoos, maybe, but not, not actually grounded people. I feel like that's a better, like, it must have been a shock, but it's probably better than the other way, which is you're in Mossman, you're all rich, and then you go... To right. Campbelltown. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, sure. you know, your stepdad's there and you're like, oh, great, mom, could you have picked a worse fucking, you <laughs> yeah. know? I want, I want roll ups in my lunchbox, <laughs> not this caviar. Yeah. Not this delicious caviar. <laughs> but, like, it still would have been a shock. I mean, you don't know what, you, what you're in for now, you know what I mean? And was all sure. the girls, was it, it was a public school, so was it like easy to make friends still, or was it, were they sort of. Sort of. I had a um, huge, like, I'm different than everyone else here. Mm-hmm. Complex, mm-hmm. so I was super angsty, even nice. as a like small, small child. I was, like was. I remember to like year six camp. I turned up wearing a shirt of like Keith Richards smoking a cigarette. You have to take that off. And the kids like, is that your dad? Yeah, we're going to like Parliament House. Camp, like, you can't be doing that. <laughs> That's cool. It's a lot. Oh my god. So what's the vibe of 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 Mossman, like I guess you've got a different experience of it, but do you, any is your parents, your stepdad, and your mum still there now, and everything like that? Yeah, they're still there. They live like it's it's the most beautiful house I've ever seen. It's like a awful, ugly brick apartment, but it, the inside is like it's the closest to the beach of any house I've ever seen, um, and it's great. And like everyone that lives there is insane, and they have nothing to do but go to body corporate meetings. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. I've never seen a play, like a strata management have like they're like we meet every day. <laughs> It's like you say, you know, that they're like, oh, where's the eastern suburbs? Because it's so like Mm -hmm. intro, that's their entire world. Mm -hmm. And that was, there were so many stories that when I was sort of passing through that it's just people like looking out their window at like, what the fuck is the neighbor doing? What's it? Who's this stranger in my street? Like calling the police for any little thing. Mm. They will call the police for anything. But the weirdest thing is the last few years, I mean, maybe Neutral Bay, which Mossman won't claim as a part of them at all, even though it absolutely is. <laughs> um, but there's been like shootings and stuff happen in the last few years. And Mossman has been absolutely up in arms about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the Mossman Facebook community notice board is very lively. Like there's a lot of, you know, has anybody seen like this strange character walking down? I did. I did see because Mossman like borders Taronga Zoo, right? Like mm. it's it's on the border. And I did see people were complaining in Mossman that because of COVID and there was a lot less background noise just from people being at home and mm. instead of cars and buses, people could hear lions, the yeah. lions roaring in the morning, and they were complaining about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the cops are going to yeah, be like, yeah. keep it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like. like I feel like that that's just people who hear something they haven't heard before and then their instinct is to complain about mm-hmm. it instead mm-hmm. of processing that is that a big deal? Do you processing know what I mean? that a lion lives 50 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. Away. <laughs> yeah. I have a quick quick uh, news story I found that uh-huh. was um sort of in theme. So basically a local a Mossman local uh, dialed into emergency services claiming that uh, they were witnessing a hostage situation going down. Um basically they they called the cops and they said there's a man under a blanket and he's wielding a knife at the driver and the passenger of a van, which I, that's like a bizarre car jacket yeah. to get under, like, like <laughs> just your hand out, like, yeah. And, um, and, and the cops, you know, naturally are like, okay, we'll chase him down, gets the description of the vehicle. Uh, it wasn't until the police cautiously approached the car with sirens blaring and lights blazing 
that they realised it wasn't a hostage scenario. It was a group of marine conservationists and experts uh, rescuing an ill sea turtle from nearby waters. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> what were they trying to dress as a turtle with a blanket well, yeah, on? Well, yeah, because it was sick and had a little blanket around it and one of them just had a knife. Like, because, I don't know, I'm not <laughs> a sea like, guy. Yeah, exactly. Also, you know, they do that. And so she, this, you know... Guy or girl spotted that and was like, "This is clearly a carjacking." <laughs> like, you know, we've all seen a carjacking. There's usually a blanket involved. It's a little man with a shell. <laughs> we got to say, yeah, him. I think it's one of the teenage mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> <laughs> They've gone rogue, and that shredder with the fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does seem. Uh, it, I know, like in COVID times, like in well, it still is, but in 2020, like a woman went viral. In Mossman for leaving what was that a, word? for viral. Shavey <laughs> <laughs> jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last I can't I can't stand virality. But uh, she left like a <laughs> she left a grouchy note basically, and it, it went viral because she uh, demanded that like a family's noisy children weren't allowed to play outside before nine a.m. So it was posted to the Mossman community Facebook page, and it was anonymous, and basically it was saying like. There's been a ton of construction beforehand and now everyone's indoors. Can you please stop letting your kids out into the garden to play at 7.30? And that was met with like waves of people pushing back and waves of people supporting her because people were like, come on, they're kids, it's COVID, where can they go? And other people were like, inside, yeah, they yeah, can yeah, go yeah, inside. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it got like... 500 comments in a single day based Jeez. on this. Just Divided the community. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we, we need extra strata meetings today. We need, <laughs> we need a couple. We need an hourly meeting on Mossman this one. Mossman hates young people. I remember seeing on the like community group, they were like, all of those Mossman high kids, which is like a huge topic of contention in Mossman, just because they don't have a uniform. That's, okay. That blows people in Mossman's Ooh, minds. Right. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that the one school that you know doesn't have a uniform is there. But <laughs> um, people are like, oh, they're all hanging around in the streets. They're hanging around outside that school for so long. It's a bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of them they in a Keith Richards go. shirt. And he was smoking. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they? Yeah, exactly. What are they going to do? Kids are around a school. That's insane. Yeah. Right, so there's no uniform or is it just not a... a like you got to wear very Cambridge. No, no, no. It's completely no uniform. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that was most a thing. of the co public colleges in Canberra, which is just eleven, like years ten to twelve, are just like no uniform. Which is cool. Weird. Wow, I did not know that. And that yeah, that would blow their minds. I, uh, I think that obviously they have like a dress code. So yeah, you can't wear anything. Can't wear a Borat mankini. That's the first. That's where your mind. What would I wear <laughs> with no rules in place? Yeah. So what am I turning up to science Alex, classes? Alex on a year nine monthly day. <laughs> looking at that and his polo shirt and being like, fuck, this is a tough decision today. Gold coin donation, right? You know? <laughs> um, uh, you did mention, you gave me like a little teaser of a story about involving a sausage dog that <laughs> I wanted to um, to hear out. So, what, so it was... It ruined the the dog ruined someone else's. Uh, okay, so career. it's my mum's friends. Um, shout out Deb, um, <laughs> sausage dog. She's got two, um, and Dottie, the little one. They're both rescue sausage dogs, so they've had a hard life. Okay, um, Deb always goes. Dottie's from the western suburbs. <laughs> 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 um, and so I think this like toddler, maybe like three years, three year old kid. Um, is like playing with Dottie in the street sort of thing. Um, and mm -hmm. Dottie... Not like, before nine, I hope. <laughs> keep it down. Um, and Dottie nips the kid on yeah. the face mm -hmm. because the kid's like all up in yeah. her, like and screaming, sausage pulling. dogs, like they're, they're very like, a, like super aggressive. They have so much anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. I know with the sausage dog's like, 
I had a friend literally two days ago say to me, we couldn't leave Skipper at home and we gave him enough like dog Valium to sedate a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't give up. Oh, <laughs> like, Jesus God. Christ. Uh, yeah. Dog Valium's a thing? Yeah. Um, Can humans take it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drew's like, normal Valium's too strong for him so he needs to take small <laughs> dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this dog bites this, and there's no mark mm. at <laughs> all. Yeah. M- maybe like it, d- it just doesn't break the skin. And the mother walks up to Deb. And she goes, "We're gonna be like, I'm gonna get legal about this. My lawyers are gonna contact you because this kid was gonna be a model. <laughs> <laughs> Three years old. What you say? Three. Oh my god. Uh, they were. She was like, "We've just gotten him into child modeling. Like his career, it could be down the drain. Do you understand what you've done?" <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Imagine like the cops would come in and then take the child away from the parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Three-year-old on someone a mo- whose first response to anything is "I'm gonna get legal about it." <laughs> 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 probably spent too long in uh, at strata meetings. Yeah. Yeah. that's insane. She's waiting for a time to pull that. <laughs> yeah, and that poor kid will be just like homeless <laughs> now, like and it's all a lie. No <laughs> exactly. career. I, I was gonna be a yeah. model. Yeah. And that Washed dog. out in kindergarten <laughs> yeah. with a juice box. Be like, let me tell you about beauty, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a little Keith Richards cigarette. <laughs> the, the lady that owns the dog, uh, she was like livid about this. She was like, I was so offended. Dottie's got more of a chance of being a model than that kid. <laughs> Man, we're going to get this lady on the pod. <laughs> they should compromise and yeah. just do a dog and child shoot together. And see who wins. Just do a model off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do a walk off. Yeah. <laughs> a little dog <laughs> plotting. So 20 Valium deep. It's really swaying up there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but between, like, between dance mums and male model mums, like, yeah. no, there's no wonder, like, people from Mossman can be a little, like, kooky, right? Absolutely. I think they just have too much time on their hands. Like, they all need a, a hobby or two other than, like, Public disturbance. (laughs) (laughs) Were all the kids at school with all their parents like crazy rich or were the kids pretty well adjusted or is it? No. No. Some some of them were. Some of them were right. Like if they were like, I live in Cremorne. It was like, okay, you might be semi-decent. But um, I remember the first play date I ever went on, uh, the girl goes, we're going to play in the rumpus room. I was like, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Is that? She was like, oh, it's just a room for like. Rumping. Rumping around. (laughs) Hanging around. There's bean bags. I was like, like, put it in the lounge room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a bean bag would go in the lounge room. (laughs) (laughs) I went to uh, an engagement party at Mossman a couple Mm of years ago. And because like, you know. I grew up with no no cash, and so if I go to a rich, fancy, even a house, I'm like, look at this place. I get so excited. And this is uh, my girlfriend's cousin, and her her his he was marrying this woman, and her family was like insanely rich, and they had this house like right down by the water. They shut the whole street off to have like this big engagement party, and um, of course, I rocked up and went like straight to the bar, and they had like bartenders serving and, and all that kind of stuff. And immediately, like, clocked the free wine. I was like, give me a glass of that. And as I'm walking off, I'm already Googling, like, how much it costs per bottle. Like, look at this, Hannah. Look at look how much, <laughs> in my mind, like, just trying to how much value I can get out of this bar. <laughs> like it's an all you can eat buffet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All you can drink buffet. I'll stumble back up the hill at the end of the night. But, oh. yeah, like, just even that glimpse of, that was my, I think, the only time I've been to Mossman. And just that little glimpse of, like, what is this world? 
And it's because it's it's on the water, but it's sort of tucked away from the North Shore. Like yeah, they the don't have to look at anything. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't want to see you don't the other s- suburbs. Smell yeah. more Instead of a yeah. different suburb, we need to see water. Yeah. Beautiful, <laughs> still water. Well, it's funny that they were like, well, you know, is the eastern suburbs in Sydney? It's like look across the. You can see. You can it. see. There it is. <laughs> no, they can't. Yeah. It's like them looking in the Lion King, being like, "We don't go there." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. There is a nice dog story about Mossman, and so and Balmoral a little bit that I found from a place called Mossman Collective. In Balmoral, there's a statue of a dog called there Billy. It is. And uh, I found out the story about Billy and uh, basically he was like an old, like ugly mongrel dog. He had arthritis. He was like deaf. He was Billy, basic. His name was Billy and he was 19. He lived to 19 and for 17 years, he basically just like walked the streets of Mossman with his owner, Cliff Williams, because he was, um, Cliff was basically like did a lot of work for Mossman and the council, like just all sorts of stuff, cleaning stuff up. So basically the dog would walk with him off leash every day. They'd stop at the butcher or the newsagent for little treats. And then they'd go to the pub after Cliff swept the streets and he'd just sit in the pub. And the old pooch was so cherished and adored that his photograph hung behind the public bar of Hotel Mossman. Great pub, oh. $15 chicken schnitzels. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Used to be $7 steaks, but that's long long gone. Is the portrait of the dog still there? I don't know. I haven't been recently. But uh, so they basically say like that there's a quote from a real estate agent saying, the dog had more lives than a cat and he rose to the heady heights of local stardom after there was an attempted kidnapping on him oh. in 1971. <laughs> so basically the dog Billy goes missing and Cliff, because he's kind of a local fixture, is like, where's Billy? And goes around and like gets everyone in Mossman to start looking for him. And so they got everyone from Mossman like looking around and he even got like people from the Navy in the Navy base to search for this dog because <laughs> that's how to <laughs> love it billy the dog was like he goes down to the navy base and he's like billy's missing they're all like yes sir and they start looking for him and um so basically he's missing eight days later he returns just like he returns he's covered in clay and mud and he has a lump on his head the size of a tennis ball but like he escaped and struggled home no one ever found out who kidnapped him or what happened to him this is like homeward bound that movie with yeah, yeah. Uh, a vet was called to like operate on the dog and like he'd been hit like he'd been hit with something oh, heavy and wooden no. and so I bit that fucking model daughter yeah <laughs> she was like you're not gonna stop my son Derek Zoolander <laughs> from <laughs> And so basically, yeah, he lived for years and years. He got really old and he was like sick a bunch of times. He'd been hit by a car at one point. <laughs> this dog's he'd indestructible. Had, he'd had a couple of strokes too. And then he died in 1978. I left out the details there because I was, as I was researching, it was five in the morning and they talked about the process of him saying goodbye to his owner and I burst into tears. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up my wife who came in and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, just researching. <laughs> I can't read sad dog stuff anymore because I look at my dog and I'm like, He's so young. I, he's my friend forever. <laughs> gonna be Imagine waking up your sleeping wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all the things she could witness, <laughs> it's you crying about a dead dog from the 70s. Like from another room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, like, you were weeping. It's loud. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and she's like, you know, it's five in the morning. She's a bleary eyed. She's like, why? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, man, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, just let me come in and cuddle the dog. <laughs> so many times you've read a story about a guy killing his wife. His wife died. Jamie didn't blink at all. His poor wife. I say, it's about yeah, a dog. Any serial killer story, I say in a complete monotone. <laughs> Sometimes a grin breaks out when they describe the hilt of the knife. Uh, 
but yeah, so basically, like, this dog, he died, tragically. <laughs> and, uh, his, death, his death made the front page of the Mossman Daily. And not, like, yeah, a little a blurb, deal. like, huge, yeah. like, paragraphs and paragraphs. And so a committee led by uh, Tom Hasten, who was the real estate agent who earlier was quoted as, like, saying all the mm-hmm. stuff he did, he basically appealed to start a monument, and they raised $4,000 back then. And Someone they put up behind their couch and found four thousand dollars. And they erected that dog statue at the rotunda, and now it's still there, forty oh, years later. Damn, that's a great get for a dog. And you've you've seen this statue in real life? I've seen it a lot, actually. When I used to walk home from school, I used to go past there, and me and my friend used to pretend that Mossman was haunted. Um, especially <laughs> that statue and we always used to put a little bucket on his head and if it fell off we'd scream and run <laughs> <laughs> man that's the ghost of old Cliff yeah, yeah. leave my dog alone Ben the me visiting and patting it and bursting into tears <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I think it's haunted <laughs> Jamie started reading a story about a dog born in the 70s and when it said he was dead he got upset <laughs> He was like, oh, what a cruel twist. (laughs) It's a sweet dog. (laughs) He'd been kidnapped. He'd been through. through. Oh, my God. It's a dog, Ivan (laughs) Malad. If I'd read out the couple of paragraphs about him saying goodbye, you guys would all be like, can we take a break? I'm sure. Like, Drew mentioned Homeward Bound, and I love that movie, but I don't think I could watch it because I'd I'd probably burst it. I love Homeward Bound. Have you seen it, Eden? Homeward Mm. Bound? It's just like... Very like eighties. Well, it's 90s. like live action, but it's yeah. and it's cats dogs and dogs. Talk. They talk, but you, they don't. They don't do like Mister Ed no. mouthing or anything. Yeah. They just Michael J. Fox is yeah. a Chance the Bulldog. But I three, and yeah. the, the really old one at the end, he's like trying to save me. He's like. They all escape from home and then the kids have to look for them and then they basically Find run around the whole countryside and eventually come back home. And there's this scene at the end where they're coming home over the hill. Yeah. And oh, it's a, <laughs> yeah. a generation of dogs. <laughs> Jamie, would, Jamie would dehydrate from the amount of tears. <laughs> like an old sponge. He would just like shrivel But it's, up. it's one of those movies like Milo and Otis that you find out years later, like, Lots of dogs and cats died during the making. <laughs> no, come on. Really? Well, like, fuck those filmmakers, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's horrific. I know. Anyway. Oh, my God. So, Mossman mums are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to something a little lighter. Uh, the attempted assassination of Arthur Caldwell. Oh, oh, yeah. So, this is, I don't know. If, <laughs> Better I, not I'd, be a dog. I'd never heard of yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard of this at all. Um, but... And apparently, like, it's still, like, it's kind of not that well-known, but it was, like, a political attempted political assassination. This dude, Arthur Corwell, in the 60s, was the Labour opposition leader. Yeah. Oh, um, you're going to get assassinated for being Labour. Oh, <laughs> 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 they're not copying any of that. <laughs> the first and That's last Labour yeah. candidate. <laughs> <laughs> he really knew what he was in for. <laughs> he's walking straight in the, end, the <laughs> belly of the beast, I guess. So he's the elbow of the day. He's the elbow, yeah. yeah. So, um... And he was eventually... And what, sorry, when was, what year was this? This is 66. Okay, cool. Uh, he was eventually... So the next leader of the Labour Party after him was Gough Whitlam. So this is... Oh, and, oh, okay. But people okay. love like, uh, Arthur Corwell. And they say the reason that it's maybe not as well known is because he kind of got overshadowed by Gough and that whole sort of phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so 66, uh, this guy, Peter Cotton. Oh, okay. any relation? Oh, yeah. oh. Well, it's spelt slightly differently and pronounced differently. Is he but silly though? <laughs> <laughs> it's not pretty silly. Has this he got guy. a thin head. <laughs> um, so this, this Peter Caution dude. Basically, the Arthur Corwell 
Um, he's 69 years old, leader opposition, um, and he's giving a, a an anti-Vietnam War speech mm-hmm. at the Mossman Town Hall. And this dude, Peter Koshin, he was 19 years old, factory worker, described as a very odd young man. Check, that checks. Ben. That checks so far. Uh, he lived alone in a tiny bed sit in Lang Street near Centennial Park, where he spent most of his time listening to a transistor radio or browsing through a stack of girly magazines. Uh, which I don't know if that means porno or like Dolly magazine, you know? I like mean, back in the day, I don't <laughs> think there was Dolly magazine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it would just be dollies. It would be... Doily magazine. Ooh, look Ooh. at this one. He's <laughs> <laughs> got, got the centerfold out. <laughs> Risk, oh, this is a risque snowflake. <laughs> Fucking hell. Put you on my kettle. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, that got me good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he's speaking at this um, anti-Vietnam War rally. Uh, Cochin turns up. Apparently, it was a pretty rowdy sort of a scene. Um, He turned up wearing a daggy plastic raincoat. Um, <laughs> shot him from the fashion <laughs> And he was carrying a twenty two rifle under the coat Oh, oh so sorry, this is This the, is the assassin oh, I thought you meant No, Corwell. no, Corwell, no, no, who's yeah. stylish from all reports <laughs> I was going to say um, But he, he, and he'd sawn it off the night before Because clearly it was like, this is a long rifle yep. yeah, So he saws it off uh, <laughs> I like this line His unfashionable crew cut and thick spectacles Gave him the appearance of a crazed Jerry Lewis <laughs> Which is, again, caution-esque. So as Corwell spoke, he remained outside pacing up and down the footpath. Um, Eventually he emerges and he gets into a black government car. Um, And apparently normally he would ride with the windows down, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it was cold or something, he had the window up. And this caution dude comes up and starts firing through the window at point-blank range. But... (laughs) I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, according to Corwell, there's an exploding sound coming from my left and the glass in the front side, uh, front near side window shattered and I felt a stinging sensation uh, to the front of my face and the vicinity of my chin. But this dude he had like Coke bottle glasses on. He had a sawn off shotgun. That's already going to take the aim off. Misses. Like he just, the only injury he got was like the this glass. Far away, yeah, right? He's like there to there wow. and he's just like shooting all around him and like he just got stru- scratched by glass. And he got up and I think went back, like, you know, his mind is like taken back up into the town hall. And this and Peter Cochin, he takes off, and he was um, he was tackled by three people. One of which was this bloke Bob Gould. And mm. I don't know if that name rings any bells, but it's Bob Gould who owned Gould's Bookstore in Newtown. You know that big warehouse. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like a, yeah. So this dude, um, and he's just a random that he's not a he's not a security for anyone. He just no, no. He's just a like. Long lifetime labor supporter, and he was right. just there, like listening to the rally. And this dude, like, because Gould's now is near my house, it's moved down to South King in one of like new buildings that's way smaller. But even I don't know, five years ago, it was in that massive sort of warehouse. Yeah, put a cactus juice poster up there once. They did not seem to like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did a bit of digging to this guy because like I didn't know much about him, but he was, yeah, he was just like a lifelong activist and bookseller. Um, and Gould's had been had all these different locations, and he sort of like. He was just a classic rabble rouser, like, you know, Irish civil rights, Indian, uh, Indonesian atrocities in East Timor, war in Iraq. Like, he was just always rallying mm-hmm. to the point where Asia held a file on Gould that ran to 8,000 pages. Jesus. This wow. Fucking dude. Um, 
So he's one of the guys who tackles him. Eventually, he kind of sounds like a huge dork. So this is 1966, and this is his uh, quote after his arrest. So Cochin goes, Unless I did something out of the ordinary, I realized I would remain a nobody all my life. I came to the, the conclusion that however hard it was, I would have to do something that would set me apart from the other nobodies. <laughs> so this is early incel. Yeah, yeah. massively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would not have done anything so cruel as shoot someone if I had any alternative. <laughs> That's why I God. shot Mr. Corwell. Um, I went in there with the intention to shoot him, and when I fired a shot, I didn't care if it hit him or not. I just wanted to get it over with. Uh, when I read an, an advertisement in the paper last Saturday about the meeting, uh, the rifle's too bulky. Uh, if I was going to assassinate anyone like Mr. Kennedy from a window, it would have been all right, but it was just too bulky to conceal under any clothing. I stood out in the t- uh, lobby of the town hall. I just waited for him to come out. He came out, talked to various people, then went towards his car. He got into his car. Time was running out, and so I just fired at him. And it's like Sounds <laughs> like a lot of excuses for yeah. missing. Yeah, I also feel like, you know, in the modern day... This guy would just go to open my comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He would yes. get his thrills off being horrible at that. Yeah. And then we would save. He would be assassination excruciating attempt. at the hang afterwards talking about if you'd seen the latest Louis C.K. special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and he goes, um, it's pretty funny because he goes, I did not intend to shoot him at first, right? He goes, I wanted to assassinate some public figure. That was all he wanted to anybody. do. Anybody. Yeah. Right? And then he goes, I did not agree with Mr. Corwell's politics, and that made it easier to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it, dude. Um, in the 60s, he's probably, he probably wanted to shoot Billy the dog as well. Yeah. You know? like, he might have. Where was yeah. Billy probably survived. Yeah, maybe he graduated from a big piece of wood to a big gun. <laughs> yeah. and, but the thing that's weird like about this, he, he's... Um, his life's kind of weird. He was born in Newcastle, Alex. Look, right, yeah, look cool. at you, mate. I like um, and his dad was killed when he was like j- before he was born. And then his mum remarries to this guy, uh, Ludwig Cochin, which is um, some dude from Melbourne. And then they came back to Sydney. Um, but one thing I loved just in his like biography, he um, he reportedly he came to Sydney. He worked as like a um, labour and station hand out in the country somewhere. And he comes back to Sydney and he starts getting involved in like some sort of politics stuff. But he apparently, at one point, wrote a letter to the headquarters of the Australian National Socialist Party, in which he stated that he admired Hitler because he killed himself at the right time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this guy. Oh, man. Well, the weirdest part about him is after he got caught, he went to jail. He went to Long Bay. Then he got transferred to a psychiatric hospital and he started studying literature, philosophy and history and started writing poetry. And then they, they were like, oh, you seem better now. And they just released him after 10 years. And he's like a known poet, like he was just a published poet and, and literature sort of writer. And, yeah, and like Corwell, well liked, Co- like well? well respected. Yeah, and Corwell visited him at the psychiatric hospital and like wrote a letter forgiving him for the act and everything. And he kind of like lived out his life as a Aww. respected writer and wow. intellectual. Reformed yeah. incel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's hope for you yet. Yeah. Yeah. Open mic Sydney. It can happen. <laughs> that is fuck. I can't believe he's still Where, around. Were there any when you were growing up in Mossman because I spent like a little time in the North Shore like around when people would turn 21 and it was mm-hmm. always crazy to me. Were there any like super opulent parties going on? Yeah, I didn't really go to any of them because I was um, awful to anyone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just so so angsty. I remember one that I did go to, um, small small party, but uh, yeah, we were about eighteen, I think. And I asked, I was like, "Oh, like, are your like parents here?" And she was like, "I don't know. I think they're in America." <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I was like, Lord. "You don't? What do you don't? 
you don't know. She was like, no, the elevator has like two floors and I don't really get off at their like level. I don't know if they're in the, in the country. I was like, oh, I love this <laughs> so much. Wow, that's insane. That blows my mind. At 18, that's like, yeah. The, like elevator in a house is already, that's just yeah, the craziest yeah. thing in the fucking Unless it's like your nan's lift up the stairs, <laughs> you know, on those commercials. I but, was livid. Because like in my house, so my stepdad's an architect, but he's, his dad actually moved into this place. So my stepdad moved from South Africa when his mom died when he was like eight, I think, and they moved into this old apartment block. It's kind of why they like had it. Mm. Um, and then his dad lived there until he died when he was like 80 or something. I don't know. Um, and then Al took mum down to the apartment to be like, what are we going to do? We're going to rent this out. And mum was like, we're going to move in here. What do you mean? This is like the coolest thing ever. And so Al, yeah, he's an architect. So he like redid all of the inside and oh. basically made another made it more open but made a bedroom so that I could be there as well. And um, it's really cool. It's like great owl style but every door is like it's got – you know, it's got the wood bit and then it's got like a frosted glass pane over it. So it's not it's not a real door. And <laughs> from my room, you, I, can, I can hear my parents turn over. Oh, no. In their sleep. Like I can hear if someone grabs a tissue yeah. and this girl being like, <laughs> Jamie burst my out parents tears might in be in California. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's wow. so you. So it was a lovely spot, but you, yeah, not yeah. all privacy. But how how did your angst manifest itself as a teenager? Because there's multiple yeah. ways, you know. Keith okay. Richard shirt. Yeah, like, getting into getting into Panic at the Disco at yeah. 27 instead of 17, like me. <laughs> 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 no, I liked them at 18. I was yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of that. I also went to so I actually went to the uh, like private school in the eastern suburbs. Yep. Because I was like, listen, I can do a little bit of this, but I'm going to need it to be like just just out of like Mossman, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was kind of like that. I was like a huge theatre nerd, but I was also like only listening to Nirvana. And that would have been like for you, like super retro, like. Nirvana, right? That's oh, like yeah, an old yeah. band. Whereas, yeah. like, I remember when they come out the same time the Beatles did. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I th- yeah. I've probably told this story before on this pod, but on one, like, probably the first week when I went to high school, my mate Blaine had a Nirvana shirt on, just a big picture of Kurt Cobain's head, and um, it was in PE, and some this guy like came came up to him and was like, "Nirvana suck, man," <laughs> and I went, "Dude, you fucking suck." And then he goes, "That's it. We're fighting after school," and I was like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I didn't want that to happen. Damn you, Cobain. Cobain <laughs> <laughs> was a lover, not a fighter. He pacifism all the time. <laughs> you a Foo Fighters guy? <laughs> uh, I've got um, a bit of a long story here, but okay. uh, it's probably the most famous Mossman story. And I don't know if you were around at the time. Not that you're a suspect. But um, <laughs> the Mossman collar bomb hoax. Color bomb like Co- the run. Co- collar. Oh, like I thought you meant like you know the color run where they. It's a hoax. That's real. I see them all colored. No, no, the you know Color the bomb. yeah. You, do you remember this? No. Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. I would have just moved out of there. Ah, into and then just Waverly. plugged your ears and gone. I don't want yeah. to hear about Mossman. <laughs> Makes yeah. you safe. But suspect. this is crazy. So this is in Moss twenty eleven, and um, at the house in um, Burrowong Avenue in Mossman. I don't know if you know where that is, but anyway, um, big you know opulent houses, really really expensive there, especially. Um, and there was a girl there. 18 years old, Maddie Pulver. She's at home studying HSC in a room by herself. And she turns around. Doesn't know where her parents are. Doesn't know where her parents are. Could be anywhere. 
Uh, she turns around and she hears a noise and she just sees a man standing there with a rainbow balaclava and a baseball bat. Right? Yeah, like, no. this is what the balaclava Mossman's like. like the gay agenda. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a setup. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's why no Labour people can ever yeah. come back. <laughs> They're like, vote, no, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that, so just imagine you start, and then you yeah, turn around and see a guy with a baseball bat and that on. <laughs> I don't know why it's rainbow. I don't yeah. know. Well, he, the, the long story, he bought it from JJ's, by the way. And, they, uh, <laughs> and JJ's had to stop that making it because it was rules. like... Uh, oh, like really? He got it discontinued. Dis- discontinued because yeah, so JJ's like, we don't want people buying yeah. this fucking thing. But anyway, um, he turns <laughs> and he just says, I'm not going to hurt you. And she goes, what do you want? What are you doing? And he just says, sit down. No one gets hurt. And already she's way more composed than I would be. I feel like I'd be <laughs> screaming yeah. and crying, wetting myself. Just so, so freaky. Wetting so yourself then, and yeah. then be like, but what, what's with the colours? <laughs> you'd be screaming, cry, crying, wetting yourself. Then you turn around and see the guy. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> there he goes. Now I'll pull back and reveal. I'm stressed about my HSC. It's like, oh, no. I'm never going to pass. The imaginative journey. Pythagoras, <laughs> I can't figure it out. But um, so then he removed a black. Uh, he had a he had a backpack. He removed a black like lockbox. Uh, it'd be so it. cool if that was multicolored. <laughs> 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 tied it around her throat, secured it with a bicycle lock, and he put a purple lanyard and a which had a USB stick and a two page document in a in a little plastic sleeve around her throat, uh, around her neck, whatever. And he just goes, count to two hundred. I'll be back. If you move, I can see you. I'll be right here. So she's just sitting there in like shock. She's got this thing around her throat, and she's got this page around. And he just wait, like a so like a plastic bag with documents, like like a you know like a plastic sleeve, okay, Mm. right with with a document in it and a USB, and then separate to that a a box, like a little cheat sheet for HS. But then yeah, like a lock box, like a a a black metal box, and that's attached around her neck by a bicycle Uh chain. And so she's just sitting there like. what do I, and then she counts to 200 and then she yells out and she doesn't hear anything. And she just thinks he's robbing the place, right? She yeah, just right. goes, he's just done something to keep to me still. Sure she doesn't call the cops. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she's like, he's robbing and we're in a rich area. This guy's, I mean, obviously he's freaking out, but that's all she's going through her mind. And then she waits a few minutes and then she yells out, are you there? Nothing. So she goes, oh shit. So she gets her phone. She texts her dad and says, dad, someone's robbing us, whatever. It's, you know, get the cops or, or something like that. And then she realises he's not there, so she gets up and she walks out. She's got this thing around her neck. She's just walking around with it. And then she calls her dad. Uh, she, she looks at the sheet and she looks at the what's written on the, the note and she just sees the word explosive written on it. And she oh, freaks out now. and she calls her dad now because she realises he's not there, he can't hear her. And she's freaking out going, oh, dad, 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 she call the cops, call the police, something going on. She hangs up for her dad and then she starts reading the note and the note says, basically, the note says, uh, starts off just saying, there's, this, there's powerful new technology plastic explosives are located inside the small black combination box. It is booby-trapped. It can only be opened safely if you follow the instructions. I am a former Green Beret munitions specialist <laughs> and have constructed such, such devices for over mm. 20 years. I think you could get better stuff than JJ's if you were... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it didn't you have a the t- 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 <laughs> fucking you receipt could, with it. You could go to Supre, dude. <laughs> yeah. So act now, think later, or you will inadvertently... This is it's so confusing because it's... 
he, he says, don't call the cops, don't do anything, don't open it, don't um, x-ray it, anything you do, I'm watching and I will explode it. And he says, if anything you do will trigger a Brian Douglas Wells event. And what we call the American Armed Forces a Brian Douglas Wells event. And Brian Douglas Wells was a guy in America who uh, got a collar bomb attached is to it him. the bank robber guy? Yes. Yeah, is that, yeah, the, the, is that what yes. the movie 30 Minutes or Less yes. was based on? Yeah. Yes. 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 Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. Aziz Ansari vehicle. It is based on that. And uh, there's a Netflix doco called, so I can't remember, it's something, but it's, um, it's about this as well. And so the Brian Douglas Wells, he participates in a robbery with a collar bomb attached to him. And the point he, why he does it is they go, look, go in there, rob the bank, say someone's forcing me to rob this bank um, and then get the money. And if you get caught, you can say, I didn't mean to do it. Someone mm. forced me to. And he goes in there thinking it's a fake bomb. And then the other people he's co-conspiring yeah, with, they wanted, to kill him. they wanted to kill him to cut off the trail back to them. So it's a real bomb. And he, on film, dot. It explodes. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, that doesn't happen in the Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more of a fun role. Yeah, that was the last act of that movie. So she, she obviously doesn't know what that is, but that she, he is clearly saying this is a bomb. Yeah, imagine uh, being He's a like, girl. you have an hour and a half to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Back to me with your notes. 18-year-old girl studying yeah. HSC. Yeah. like, who the fuck is Brian? Yeah. Yeah. That's what was on the USB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck that so it goes on and it says, you know, don't do this, don't do that, do, do that, anything you do. You, so it says you've got to email this email address and say you accept the terms and then I will reply with remittance advice on how to send money. He doesn't ask for an amount of money, but it's clearly an extortion attempt yep. and how it's written. And his email address is... Um, so she reads that also and she sees it says, don't call the cops. She calls her dad back mm. saying, don't fucking call the cops. Yeah, yeah. He's already called the cops. Uh -oh. <laughs> so oh, she's boy. freaking out, right? Because it says here, I can see and watch you. And if you do anything against these rules, I will explode it. Um, he, he, the email address is dirkstrawn1840 at gmail.com. Dirk Strawn is a character in a 1966 novel about the opium wars uh, in Hong Kong. So okay. it's this weird, oh, like... Is this crazy people always nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know what that is. I know. She's rich and hot. <laughs> yeah, great to have exactly. a cola bomb guy being like, yeah, this is like a Super Bowl winner, Brett Favre. <laughs> Although, yeah, she's going to read that and just go, of course, this is a very big Dirk Strawn energy <laughs> yeah. in this whole thing. Is that about the Opium War? <laughs> uh, Dirk Strawn, 1840. So he's even got his age of birth in his Gmail address from the 1840s. Oh, these guys are losers. So anyway, the cops arrive. They they think it they clearly think it's not maybe not. I think it's a turtle again. The blanket and the knife. Yeah, where is it? <laughs> but the cops arrive and they think, oh, what the fuck's this? You know, we're getting yeah. this call from a dad saying the daughter's been like it's clearly just like some angsty daughter who's like, oh, what attention? You know, they're right. they're not thinking this is real. So they turn up and they see this girl in hysterics with something wrapped around her neck, and they're like, oh shit. So they call the bomb squad. And the bomb squad turn up. This is at three o'clock. So this is about an hour. Uh, an in hour the morning? After. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Ah. starts, 3 p.m. The cops arrive. Um, and then, it, you know, it says, um, it says, like, please email this uh, address. And the, the, the father turns up and the police are there and they're like, well, what do we do? They're like, look, let's try to figure out what it is first before we respond. So they get sniffer dogs in. To, to do we see. know what's on the USB yet? Um, so the cops. 
start looking into that. Um, the, the USB has just another version of the printed note. And um, he's like, digital. <laughs> Back up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always save your work. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they sort of find a little bit out later based on that that tracks him down. But I'll get to that in a minute. But then 3 o'clock, they turn up. And then between 3 and 6, they're trying to suss it out. They get sniffer dogs in to try to sniff and see, is, is there any bomb stuff in there? Is there anything chemical in there? They can't tell. Um, and then... They the co- the dogs don't react at all. It's about six o'clock, and then the cops say, "Look, let's send an email. So like, let's do this. Let's just see where this goes." So the dad writes, "Hi, my name's Bill. I'm the father of the girl you strapped the device to. What do you want me to do next?" Mm. Sends an email. Doesn't they? They never get any a response. That's it. They send an email at six o'clock, and they Very never rude. get any back. So they're like sitting around, like, "What? We can't just sit here forever." So that. It said don't x-ray it, but that's what the bomb squad would do next is x-ray the device Mm. to sort of figure out exactly what's inside. Surely a bomb squad would know that you can't have a bomb that small, right? Or maybe you can. Well, Well, there's a box attached to it. Nah. It's, like, okay. it's, it's so a good, you know, like a lunchbox. I don't think like he's saying box. I'm going to blow up the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's like, I'm going to blow up this one teenage girl. Her okay. modelling career will be over. <laughs> <laughs> Just a Daxon leaf. It's like the bomb sniffing dogs that turn up there and it's just all, it's probably just a schmacko yeah. and they, and they bite yeah. her. <laughs> Wait a minute, I can hear. <laughs> uh, so um, they then go, look, he said don't x-ray it, but he also said don't call the cops and don't move it. And she had gotten up and walked around initially and nothing happened. So we think all of that's just bullshit. Yeah, see, I'm more interested in where the fuck's this camera that he's talking about? Well, that's yeah. right. Well, I think it's just... Because it's like, if it's on the box, like surely it'd be noticeable. Or otherwise he's insinuating that he's been there before and planted something. Right. Right. If she's right. in this big house that's like robbable, they've got cameras. Yeah, yeah, true. And exactly. also, so you'd be scared. Like, do they? Can they see what is yeah. on? This? I mean, if I had a bomb around my neck, I'd probably think of like any like long shot thing could be true. Mm. Of course, true. it's it's meant for her, right? Once the cops get there, like it's meant to scare her into not yeah. calling the police. Once the police are there, if there was a camera set up on a tripod watching it, like yeah. that girl, okay, let's go. <laughs> or you're right, like CCTV. He hasn't. He's not in the. Security room watching. He's got right? his self tape for Saturday Night Live. Right? <laughs> that hasn't taped over. So that's like, they're like, okay, we think all of that's bullshit. So we're going to x ray it. They x ray it. They can't see anything. It's also really complicated because the bomb squad, whenever they come in and out of the house with a device, they have to be wearing full bomb gear, right? Mm-hmm. Like head to toe, it's like a massive, heavy thing. And it's because it's Mossman on like in the cliffs or whatever. Um, it's really steep driveway, and the yep. bomb squad were getting tired walking up and down the <laughs> up and down the the slope. So it's taking hours, and they've got to move all these devices. The X ray device, they've got to like lug it up because they can't. Only people in and out, apart. From, so she's sitting there with nothing on her, and then there's just bombs. It would feel so condescending. Like I'm glad you guys are safe. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're just wrapped in these massive big suits, and she's just sitting there like you know, absolutely exposed. So it takes them hours, but eventually. They x-ray it. They have to get a lead-lined apron from a hospital to drape over her so she doesn't get freaking x-ray exposure and shit because they x-ray it from all these different angles. They look into it. They're like, look, we don't know what's in there, but for it to be some sort of remote detonation or some sort of trigger, there have to be some electronics and we can't see anything of that. So by 11 o'clock, they still haven't heard back from the email and they go, look, we've we've run through all this. They're talking to experts from all over the world, from England and all that, like, is there anything else we could think of? And, you know, they're like, we think there's nothing here and we've made that decision. So they decide to cut it off. 
she, she's been at 11 o'clock she's been sitting there for like nine hours or something like that and just you know a, an absolute wreck they then try to cut it off with um uh just like cable like you know, basically cutters like yep. bolt cutters they can't it keeps slipping and they can't like cut it and it's just jangling around oh. so they have to fucking get an angle grinder and grind oh, it off. My God. Oh, no. grind the bike lock off her neck and so she's sitting there this it's whole terrifying. time so it's like like it's almost like a magic trick you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like don't move or do anything and then they've got this massive oh. big thing shooting sparks everywhere yeah. they have to put a sheet on her to stop the sparks from hitting her eventually they cut it off and they open it up and they find, like, they take it away and they open it up and it's just, like, cable lock and some wires. It's just a complete fraud. It's, it's just mm-hmm. nothing in there at all. So midnight, she's finally freed, goes to hospital. And they go, okay. And while this is happening, they're like, what's, they've got to find this guy. They have no idea. that the, the, the family have no idea this could be. There's no feuds. There's no threats made. There's nothing. Um, they... Dirk Strawn, that email address, mm-hmm. they go to Google and they go, who set this up? What's the IP address? Who's accessed it? So this was in August when this all happened. In May 20 of the same year, that email address was set up in a, a, at the Chicago airport, mm. right? So they're like, this is fucking weird, right? Then two hours after it happened, 4.09 p.m., that email address is accessed from um, Kincumber Library in the Central Coast, of New South Wales, right? Wait, how, much, how much long? Like, Two hours after he okay. walks out. So nobody's making that flight. No, no, no. So he, yeah. So it's, it's the same guy. He set up in May in Chicago. And then in August, you know, he walks in, he, he puts a bomb on her at two o'clock, four o'clock. He's in the Central Coast and oh, he's checking okay. it. Okay, I thought you, know you meant I mean? two hours after he made it. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. You no, can't no, no. get man, from is he getting a super jet? to Kincombe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take a little longer than two hours. <laughs> yeah. So no, so on the day, two hours after, he, he it's 15 minutes from the Gosford sort of, that sort of area of the Senate Coast. And then an hour later, he checks it from an Avoca Beach video shop, which is really nearby. And then at 10 to 6, he checks it again. Video shop. He's renting that Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, i got to just watch the ending. How does this end? Does the, does the guy get away at the end? So 10 minutes to 6, he checks it for the last time. And then the dad emails 10 minutes later. So this right. guy was like, "Hill, I'll get the email, I'll get the email. And then he's like, oh, shit, no, they're not sending me an email. So he fucking goes, all right, I give up. He just goes, fuck this shit, I guess, or whatever. But he doesn't check it again anywhere after 10 to 6, and at 6 o'clock the dad sends that email. So they never get back. They On the USB drive with all those uh, the drafts, uh, sorry, the, um, the, they found a deleted version of the letter, which was a draft version, which was slightly differently worded. It had some other stuff in it, and it was authored by Paul P., Right, mm-hmm. so they're like, okay, Paul P. They get security camera footage from a Voca Beach video shop. They find, they see the guy who must be the guy who turns up. Mm-hmm. Got a Range Rover, um, and they check for that car. They can't see the license plate, but they check cross check RTA for Paul P's owning a certain car, and they get a match on a guy called Paul Douglas Peters. Mm-hmm. So he's a sixty year old guy, born in Hong Kong, went to Scots College in Sydney. So he grew up in Sydney. Had absolutely no links to the Paul family at all. Like they just couldn't nothing. No. Never met him before. Wow. Just completely random. And was he a Green Beret? He was not, but he, <laughs> he was not a Green Beret. Oh, well, now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> he lied. <laughs> it was horrible guy. So he was a successful businessman. He worked in Asia, London, New York, running financial services firms. He was like a, like he, he had a life of like a, you know, just a globetrotter. Yeah, globetrotting businessman. Yeah. I, Good money. No, I thought he had links to the family. He's got so none. they were trying to figure out links to them, and they're like, "Oh, at one point they both lived in New York, 
20 kilometers away. Okay. Like, well, there, that, how many people within it's 20 kilometers? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that can't be it. 10 years ago, because the poor family are also rich and had, you know, moved around. But they're like, there was never a connection. The, the family, they showed him a photo of the family. The girl was like, that's his eyes. That's him. But the family were like, never fucking seen this guy before. Mm. And eventually they, when as soon as they na- they find out it's him, he's already, he'd booked a one-way flight from Sydney to Kentucky. He's already in America. The FBI, they get on hold of the FBI. A week later, the FBI storms his ex-wife's house in Kentucky, arrests the guy. Um, and then he gets um, brought back to Australia. No, he had no obvious financial stresses or issues. Motive was unclear. Um, but came out later, he had um, he had been writing his own novel, a uh, semi-fictional memoir-style work set in his childhood home of Hong Kong um, called The Silent Emperor <laughs> about himself. Mm. And he'd been writing it for months in isolation uh, <laughs> and apparently he'd finished it on the day of the thing. What? He's like, this is very boring. I gotta do something <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it's also just cements Eden's theory that all these guys. Why are they all nerds? I know, yeah. I know. He's such a fucking weirdo. But that's the thing about that Dirk Strawn book is it's like a guy in Hong Kong in the 1800s being a businessman, like so gallivanting around. So he's Strong. either like either he's either crazy thinks he's. That or he was writing a book and got had a cycle. So he's gone episode. like method. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like gone off the deep end, you know, yeah. like a and a movie actor who's a, like an asshole because they're playing, you know, like Jared Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> no, I think we can say. <laughs> yeah. Alleged dead record. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's um yeah he, he. I mean, I tell you what, those two fucking retail workers at the JB would have been uh, at the. JJ's would have been laughing about this old cunt coming. <laughs> <laughs> like one rainbow balaclava. What the fuck is this guy doing? So he got 13 and a half years in jail for aggravated break and enter, detaining for advan- and detaining for advantage. So we never find out anything about motive beyond writing book went well, crazy. The only other thing that the, he 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 testifies, he pleads guilty, right? Mm-hmm. He says, Yep, I lost my mind. I had a psychotic episode. I can't remember anything about it except like I got there and then it happened. I I think I thought I was in my novel. He's going on like this, right? Mm. But um, the prosecution are saying that that's all a convenient. Like he's obviously caught red-handed and it looks better on the sentencing that he was had a mad episode and not just a a, you know capable person who who made a shitty plan, right? Mm. So they reckon that he actually got the wrong house. And because next door, and in fact sharing the same driveway as the Pulvers, was a guy called Ken Cowley who did know Paul. Oh, oh no way. Yeah. So wrong he, house number? Yeah, literally. Because they used <laughs> the same driveway, and I guess it's one of those ones where it splits down, this right? It's like how the guests always come next door to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're 33 here. So, exactly. So, so they reckon it's that. It's exactly the it's same exactly thing. exactly the same thing when a guest knocks on the door. It's the same thing as a collar bomb on an 18 year old girl. But, um, so he did know him. He knew him in Hong Kong in the 80s. This guy he was a former News Limited, like News Corp chairman. Ken Cowley. I don't know that name because he's um, he was involved in Super League a, a lot, like the rugby <laughs> league. He's just a diehard IRL guy. <laughs> just hated, hated, just hated, hated <laughs> exactly. Super League. But this guy was like a f- f- semi-famous uh, business admin guy who, who'd met him in the 80s. He And on top of all that, the um, thing I didn't live in Mossman at all, Paul Douglas Peters. But the day before this all happened, he was in the same street and he talked to Cowley. He went up and 
like asked him something like, hey, do you know where the shops are or something? Ah. And this guy was like, Cowley was like, this weird guy came up to me yesterday and asked me while I was taking the bins out. And he told him what he wanted to know. And then, so it was like, I'm going to, I found out where this guy lives. I'll go there. I see someone taking the bins. I'm going to go up and like have a good look at him. Mm. Ask him a random question. Yep. Okay. I've clocked you. That's your house there. Definitely. And then because they share the same driveway, uh, he just went down the driveway, saw a door went in. And so the prosecution is saying he won't admit to that because it's actually worse for his case. Mm that it was so planned and it was some sort of business venture. Oh, man, but that vengeance. poor girl, The man. poor girl, yeah. man. It was like years of therapy because he couldn't figure out it. He could, didn't know his left and right. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just forever. Like if ever she sees a rainbow flag, oh, she's yeah. probably hates gay marriage. Well, she's got an excuse for yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> the Mossman liberal party's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so after all that, he, anyway, they're like, look, he still has never clearly admitted the plan or the motive. He's given bits away, but... His only motivation, but um, he got released on parole last year and lives in Sydney. Oh, oh man, he's just floating around, and the family were like, "Look, can you make sure he never comes to Mossman? So he's got all these bans on where he can go, yeah, yeah. but only like where she lives." And so he's just floating around Sydney, Damn. like your, like your assassination. Yeah, I was gonna say, mate. what if it's just like a Mossman thing where now he's a celebrated novelist? Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> just like, "Hey, dude, well, it's time." He's he- writing for the Mossman Daily. <laughs> <laughs> Going crazy. He's doing a Billy the Dog retrospective. Well, people <laughs> said that he his his uh, book there would be a lot of interest in it, but he wouldn't make any money from it. His Silent Emperor book, mm. but um, so he could you know. So, but he wrote that book, and they basically said, "Look, they'll never see the light of day." But he has a written book, so it's novel. not out. No, it never got released. So that's Paul. Uh, what's his name? Paul. Paul, D- Paul Douglas Peters. And, um, yeah, so if you see him around, um, <laughs> say hi from us. But, um, so we got crazy. our theories about you, yeah. dude. You went to the wrong house. So, Eden, Eden, it could have been you. You know what I mean? You were just I was going to say, I was scared of the possibly haunted dog statue. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you walked in and put a bucket on your head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shall we? Uh, oh, yeah. Last. I'll ask them. So, Eden, every yes. everything in your career has gone to the highest height your comedy career has... Wait. Bit, what? That's the last question. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, fuck. Come I'm on, right. okay. yeah, I We have two final wrong. questions and we've okay. done 80 episodes here. and we don't know the order <laughs> of them. I just started nailing the intro two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first question is, if someone says to you, hey, Eden, uh, I'm coming to Mossman for a day and I need an itinerary. I need something to do morning, afternoon and night. What do you tell them? Oh, um, morning, um, Balmoral Beach Swim Club. Because um, uh, it'll, it'll just prepare you for the rest of the day. Everyone down there is <laughs> kind of as worse as it's going to get. So I think the rest of your day will be really okay. Yeah. Uh, I tried to look really up because I knew that there were a couple of like nude beaches in Mossman. I tried there to look is. up some reviews of them because I thought that would be funny. But they were all just very sweet. They were like, "We have a lovely community down here, and everyone's so supportive." There's like a yearly nude thing in uh, Balmoral Beach, I think, where everyone gathers just for like an event and gets yeah. naked for the day. Yeah. Okay. I, have a, I have a friend that was nannying for kids, like, you know, up in the really, really big houses around near Taronga Zoo, and I think that's where the nude beach is. Mm. And she was like, I'm taking the kids to the beach. She's like, oh my God, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm taking the kids back. Yeah. There's yeah. a nude beach near my parents have a little, like, holiday house in Foster, and it's like, it's like a main beach, tiny little nude beach, main beach. And my dad or mum were like, accidentally stumbled on it. They're like, it's, it's, 
it's the worst people being nude. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. just oh, like yeah. it's not like hot young people yeah, strutting course. around. It's it's the ugliest, oldest, yeah. wrinkliest people. Who no, if anything makes you want to go full wetsuit, it's <laughs> <laughs> just the people of Mossman. When I moved back there, so I was sort of not living there, and then I started living there early 2021. And um, I'd had this year, I'd had like a tonsillitis, then a seizure, like all this crazy stuff happened mm. to me. And my mum's friend goes, You have lost. So much weight. And I just go, oh, yeah. She goes, so, like, when's the, what's the goal? When will you be done? I was like, obviously not anytime soon. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So, middle of the day Pilates. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they do it, though, those people. They cut you just by, like, saying something that they think is nice. no idea. It's so awful. Um, And then, I don't know, the zoo. Yeah, I hear the zoo's great. Yeah, roar and snore. Yeah. Has anyone done that? No, I heard a little yeah. loud for me. The zoo. I've done the <laughs> Twilight at Taronga thing, and it genuinely rocks. I saw Bright Eyes perform there. Oh, really? It's a lot of fun. You get okay, like a now little, I'm in. Yeah, you get a little picnic rug. Just watch uh, music. It's That's nice. cool. There's a thing yeah. at Canberra Zoo that I admit that Hannah really wants to do, where you stay overnight. It's insanely expensive, so I don't think we will. But like, you stay. And you, you're just on the other side of the glass. So you're oh, yeah, sleeping. Or you're like in the bath with like a champagne and there's like fucking tiger standing Yeah, right yeah, there. they have that at Taronga. <laughs> okay, One right. of my friends did it recently and a chimpanzee was on the loose so they had to like lock down the whole place. <laughs> 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 there's also a, a, a thieving emu in a, a Taronga Zoo called Bert who like went viral a couple of times because like he pecked like a Tiffany's earring right off this woman's ear and then like daily mail you know how they post like the yeah, most yeah. like reactive headlines are like bert's actually got a long rap shit and then like listed these other times oh, where like man. people are taking selfies next to bert and he's just like fucking dipping his long neck into <laughs> their handbag pulling shit out <laughs> and running the so animal- eventually they had to isolate him because he was nicking too much stuff that's it the animals at the zoo act out i remember so i used to go there a lot and i used to watch the seal show a lot there's always one like interactive part of it where they like one person gets to come up and pat the seal and i used to sit exactly where i knew like their eyeliner was going. I've touched a lot of seals <laughs> in my time. I'd be like, wah, because I knew even when they were before they were going to say it. Um, and then I remember seeing on the news that like a seal bit a kid so, so hard. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Animals biting yeah, fucking yeah. kids in this. Taronga Zoo feeding it to the media because they're yeah. like, we're tired of that eating kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even happen. Someone, someone else needs a turn. <laughs> I've, I've, when I was a little, like, real little kid, I have the most traumatic memory of being, I think it was at Birdland down in Batemans Bay, and you buy like a little bag of like feed for the mm-hmm. animals so you can put it in your hands and they eat it out and it was um kangaroos and i think emus and i mum mum was like don't you pour a bit into your hand and then hold your hand out and they'll eat it and i was like mum i think i know what i'm doing and i ho- <laughs> held the whole bag out and this fucking emu just went like, and it was like i was like jesus christ and i spilled all my seed and then all the animals <laughs> ran over and i came back and like <laughs> I was like, Mom, can you buy me another bag? And she was like, absolutely not. You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes out. So Taronga Zoo afternoon yeah. and then it descends into dusk, twilight. What do you do then? Um, there's literally nothing to do at Mossman at night. Mm. Um, oh, actually, my only recollection is... Strata doing, meeting. Yeah, strata. <laughs> <laughs> midnight strata meeting. Mass. Um, <laughs> Stra- strata sleepover. <laughs> Strata slumber party. Strata under the stars. Let's go down to Mossman tomorrow and pitch that. We'll be rich. We'll be the new mayor. That's that'll be it. All right. Now the last now the last question. In your comedy career has ascended to the highest heights. Your music career has ascended to the highest heights imaginable. 
Channel V. I've got my calling. I don't know. Do a uh, single with yeah. Dua Lipa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dua Lipa's coming, calling, and uh, the open mics are not full. It's great. Everything's going great. <laughs> when all is said and done with the stacks of money you've made from comedy and music, would you settle down in Mossman? No. No. <laughs> that was definitive. No. I'd yeah. buy Mossman. Yeah. Okay. Redevelop the entire thing. Oh, right. <laughs> it's like we're expanding the zoo. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> the town is now called Taronga. Yeah. I don't know if I could buy the Navy base because that's there, I guess. I don't know if yeah. you're allowed to do that. But if you could shell, you could shell away the people and just the area, yeah. you'd take that. I will buy the Navy base. It's a military state now. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a military coup. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the only answer that we've yeah. had in 80 or so episodes where someone's like, I'd annex my <laughs> <laughs> Which is, should be more. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Totally. Sure. Oh, Eden, it's so fun to have you on the podcast. Yeah, Do you have anything you. you want to plug? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> at all? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing yet. Um, I'm not doing anything for a while. Follow you on all socials, though. Please, every social there is is just my name. There we go. There we go. And obviously, you can follow our podcast on all socials. It's yes, uh, it's on Community Notice Board. We have a YouTube channel where the full video gets posted every Tuesday, and this gets uploaded every Monday for the audio. Please leave us a five star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any info about any suburbs or want us to cover any suburbs, please drop us a line yes. via yeah. email or socials. Man. Tell your we mates love to listen. Hearing from people. Yeah. Apart from that. In very fun episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.